What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello everybody and welcome to the Box Score Breakdown for Monday 11th of January 2021. I'm your host, Mr. Jolly of Sydney. My partner, the other host, sometimes he calls himself my better half, is Scotty Harland. He is the Harlander, aka the Harlander23 on Twitter. I am Mr. Jolly of Sydney on Twitter. I tell you what, you can hear by the sound of my voice, I've just been watching the uh, exciting ring-stinging Kings just uh, dumping all over the Indiana Pacers at the end of the game. Wow, Rashawn Holmes, four blocks he had in the final eight minutes while he was playing on five fouls. That was exciting stuff. And then De'Aaron Fox drove straight down the lane and dunked right in Brogdon's face to seal it. That was amazing. Buddy Heald had six threes too. And it seems like that man, Halliburton, makes a huge difference because the Kings look like a different team. Joining me to talk about all of that and a lot more, of course, is my Monday guest. He is Hank Aaron 2 on Twitter. Hank. Hello, Mr. Jolly. How are you? Mate, I, I'm very happy. I've got a soft spot for the Kings. I just think because they they look like a bit of a trailer fire <laughs> and it looks terrible and they, their coach doesn't really look like he knows what he's doing, but they've got some very exciting players and uh, – yeah, watching the last quarter there, that was exciting stuff. It's nice to see them developing. They are a team that's had a quite quite a bit of talent the last few seasons, but it seems like at an organizational level they're having some trouble, and uh, it's nice that they're starting to gel. Indeed, and we'll certainly get to the Kings a bit later on in the show. Let's start in chronological order, though, with the games that finished earlier in the day. And the first game off the slate was the New York Knicks losing to the Charlotte Hornets by a score of 88 points to 109. So this was a bit of a flogging. The Knicks seem to have fallen back down to earth. And part of that is probably the fact that they've only got eight players and probably seven in the rotation. When Kevin Knox is your best player, you're probably struggling a little bit. He had 19 points, five rebounds, two assists, seven for 17 from the field, uh, almost leading them in uh, shots. RJ Barrett had 11 points. Nine rebounds, five assists. Uh, RJ, what do you think about him? Now he's a guy that flashes a little bit with his counting stats. Unfortunately, the efficiency with him is, is down, and, and he's, he's not even in the top 150. So with RJ, you know you're going to get some points. You can get some assists and rebounds, but he's going to really hurt you with the field goal percentage. He's going to hurt you with the free throws. And, you know, he can be a negative on the turnovers as well. So he's not somebody I look to own in a 12-team league, maybe in a 14-team or 16-teamer, but uh, not there for me in 12-team. Alfred Payton keeps chugging along and providing a little bit of uh, low-end 12-team value. He had 15.6 rebounds, four assists, two steals. But Mitch Robertson, this is exciting stuff, 33 minutes. Those minutes are right up there. Nerland Snoll only had 14 minutes in terms of that 48-minute split. He had 12 points, 11 rebounds, two steals, two blocks, a perfect five for five from the field. 
uh, Mitch Robinson owners who picked him up around uh, the 50 mark. Probably pretty happy, aren't they? I think so. And I think Mitch Robinson was a guy that even last year in a year that he struggled, he was still around the top 50. If he's getting 33 minutes a game, 30 minutes a game, uh, he's going to be a nice value because he pr- he produces a lot in his minutes. He racks up the blocks. He has a very good field goal percentage. Um, his free throw shooting leaves a little bit to be desired, but the blocks, rebounds, and field goal percentage, if he's getting 30 minutes a game, you're going to be handsomely paid off if you got him in the 50-60 range. Yeah, and he's already up to number 41 on a per-game basis. And if you you know punt three-pointers... It's even better. He would be in the top thirty if you're punting three points, uh, three point baskets. On the other <laughs> yeah. side, oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, and and he only had one uh, foul tonight, so I think as as he plays smarter and he stays on the court more, uh, you know, the fouls are going to be a big part of that. Yeah, it seems like he has got that under control because last season was absolutely shocking. The season before was even worse. Uh, you had mentioned that you wanted to talk about Taj Gibson. Is he someone we should look out for coming back on and who might he influence when he does start playing? Well, the the thing is he's probably not going to have value in a 12-team league, but he may hurt Mitch Robinson. He may hurt New Orleans Noel, who only had 15 minutes tonight already. So if he actually gets into the mix, uh, he's probably going to take away from both of their values and he may uh, kill any chance Noel has of, of being a 12-team player. And it possibly eat into some of Julius Randle's minutes as well because he's been playing some ridiculous minutes. I think he was averaging over 40 minutes a game the last week. He only played 30 tonight because this was a blowout. So there could be a little bit of a chip on Julius Randle as well. And he's been talked about by many as a sell high. Probably makes sense to try and cash in on him if you can. For the Charlotte Hornets, Gordon Hayward was incredible. He ended up with 34 points, three rebounds, three assists, one block. 11 for 17, really efficient. Uh, he didn't play much of the last quarter because it was a blowout. I think he had 29 points at halftime. He is looking electric, isn't he? He is. He's in the top 25 right now on a per-game basis. And if you look at the numbers, uh, much of it looks sustainable. Uh, you know, his, his scoring is up uh, from where it's been in the past, and his free throw percentage is a little bit high. That'll probably trend down a little bit. But the points don't seem to be fluky. He is the guy on this team they signed him to be the leader his usage is up it seems like it's going to hold and he's a pretty good bet to to stay in the top 30 this season i think yeah so people who drafted him he was falling really low because he started out the season with that hand injury and i remember doing a poll about this in our facebook group and there were people would saying they wouldn't even take him in the 80 to 100 range so i think he fell to like something like adp 60 and gee that is looking amazing it's a great deal as long as you can stay healthy. Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? You can end up looking stupid by saying it's fantastic value. Go trade, get him, whatever. And then <laughs> he, he, he hasn't been good the last few seasons with his injuries, has he? Right. That's not- As ever, there is like so much to talk about with Charlotte. They're one of those teams that were identified preseason. Scotty and I did as being a team that has a lot of interesting players and probably going to have a lot of value. So uh, Terry Rozier in this game, he had uh, 12 points, six rebounds, two assists, only eight shots. Now, he had 34 minutes. Is this a sort of example with their main scoring guys that it's going to wax and wane and one night someone else will go off? Like Devontae Graham had 19 points, two rebounds, seven assists. He had 15 shots. So double the number of shots of Rozier. It's a bit hard to predict from night to night who's going to get it, go off, isn't it? 
That's correct. But I think it also shows you for Rozier, even when he has a, a quiet game, he still chips in 12.6 rebounds, a couple of threes, a steal, a couple of assists. He's, he's in the top 50 on a per-game basis, and it looks like that's not fluky either. You know, He may end up top 60, top 65, but he's going to turn out to be a nice nice return on investment from his ADP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Now, what about Devontae Graham? People have been talking about him as a potential drop. Uh, obviously, if you're not punting, uh, if you're not punting field goal percentage, he probably was a drop, but holding on to him, I guess. Yeah, definitely worth holding. Uh, I don't think that his you know field goal percentage is going to stay at 28. Last year it was at 38, so <laughs> it's still pretty bad. Um, but if you can sustain that kind of a hit to your <laughs> field goal percentage, he scores, he gets assists. Um, you are you are you are going to take a ding in your in your field goal percentage, but it's not going to be nearly as bad as it is right now. Uh, speaking of dings in your field goal percentage, Lamelo Ball, he smashed up your vehicle and left it on the side of the road because uh, that's a bit more than a ding. He had three for 13 at 23% today, uh, only eight points, but he did have 14 rebounds, seven assists, three steals, one block. I'm containing myself here because Lamelo's a boy who played in Sydney. We'll, we'll call him, call, claim him for our own, actually in Wollongong where Scotty, Scotty lives. Uh, so I saw him play live. Pretty incredible. Uh, I don't have any shares of him because I, pl- I play in leagues with people who grabbed him before me. I wish that I did, though. You know, I, I mean, his, his numbers are, are shaping up uh, similar to his brothers, Lonzo, from last season, uh, where the field goal hurts, the free throws uh, hurt. They're not quite as bad as Lonzo's numbers, but he's hitting, you know, hitting threes, assists, rebounds, all that is coming. So... Um, I think LaMelo, I don't think you're going to regret it that much. I think the efficiency is going to catch up to him, but it'll still probably be worth owning in 12-team leagues, but I don't think he's going to be in the top 50 or 60. Mm. Well, one thing you might regret, though, is if you don't get the fantasy pass. Uh, the draft season, of course, has been over for a few weeks now, and you probably brewski 150 your way to a hell of a team, but the season has just begun. The fantasy pass is still the best deal in the industry at just four ninety nine a month. And now we're into the regular season. There is zero commitment. Sign up for one month for five bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel. You know, we'll, we know you'll really love it, but it's always nice to have that option. Of course, the fantasy pass has everything you will need to dominate all year. Uh, updating projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, the Hoopball Discord server, which I bang on about quite a bit. I'm over there. Um, look, experts with far greater acumen than me are there as well. You can hang out with all of those pros around the clock, get one-on-one help with your team. So please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com. That is hoop-ball.com. Click on the fantasy pass right uh, beside below the main media wall. The second game on the slate today was the Memphis Grizzlies winning by 10 points against the Cleveland Cavaliers, 101 points to 91. Now, for the Memphis Grizzlies, somebody that we have talked about before uh, on several occasions, Brandon Clark, he had 15 points, four rebounds, one assist, no blocks, seven for 13 from the field. So that field goal percentage that he helps with was there. He's sort of just chugging along, doing better than he did before without being incredible. Right. He's kind of there as a, as a perhaps a low-end guy in 12-team leagues. Uh, his value is not there on the season. Uh, you know, he's getting hurt somewhat by his free throw percentage. 
and the defensive numbers aren't high enough yet to, to compensate for that. So, you know, he's somebody, if you want to stash him there for the upside, you can do it, but not somebody I'm in love with and not somebody uh, that I think is, is must-own in a 12-team, especially when you consider JJJ will come back soon and, and eat into his time. Yeah, it's one of those ones, isn't it, where you're sort of just maybe looking for the right moment to sell high on him if you can. You want to maybe after his next big game, because he has had a couple of decent ones. Um, if you toggle the things by the like last week or the last two weeks, you might be able to trick somebody into taking him off your hands <laughs> for top. I don't know. I think you probably take anything inside the top 100, don't you? Yep. Yeah. I would, yeah. Another guy who plays for the aforementioned uh, Memphis Grizzlies is uh, Dylan Brooks. And today his line was 21 points, seven rebounds, three assists, one steal. Uh, he had two blocks as well, six for 15 from the field. That pretty tragic field goal percentage as ever. You're not going to talk me into thinking he's good, is it? are you? Not good. Uh, but he can he can sit on your team as a as a three point specialist and a points guy at the end of your bench. Why not? Uh, the field goal percentage is going to hurt, but uh, I think if you need those threes and points, you could use him. He's, he has crept inside the top one hundred on the season, which is uh, pretty uh, amazing. Because last season, I think because his field goal percentage was so bad and his points were down, he was outside of the top two hundred. So. He seems to have improved a little bit. For the Cleveland Cavaliers, it was another huge game from Andre Drummond. 19 points, 14 rebounds, three assists, one steal, two blocks. He was eight for 16 from the field. What can we say about him? It's really just a matter of uh, the the three throw percentage, which is normally pretty bad today, (laughs) was appalling. He was three for nine from the line at 33%. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, the free throw percentage has, has weighed down his fantasy value. But even then, he's still been a pretty good producer the past few years. This year, his numbers are are down in terms of the, I guess the free throw is worse than it's been in the past. And, you know, the attempts are slightly higher. But, um, you know, right now he's he's quite a bit off his, his pace from the past few years. Cleveland is not, not suiting him well. Um, I don't know. I think probably regress he progresses up a little bit, but not much higher than, than top 60. But but isn't this a case of if you're punting three throw percentage, I'm just looking at this now, if you punt three throw percentage, he's 29th on a per game basis. So he's 88th if you don't punt three throw percentage. So basically that's a pretty clear case where when you're building a team, if you're not punting three throw percentage, he's just killing all your all of his value, isn't he? Yeah, that's, and that's the problem, right? So if, if you're paying a premium for him, if you're paying a top 30, 40 kind of a price for him and he's, and he's hurting your free throw percentage, it's not worth it. But if you've punted the free throw, then yeah, you could use him and, and he can be pretty valuable. And you got to expect that his field goal will come up. So and here's a, to here's a little question for you too about um, punting in this season. I'm sort of regretting the teams that I punted field goal percentage and or three throw percentage in because of what's happening with coronavirus, and this is something I, my best teams are the ones where I, very, in a very disciplined way, went about drafting people who had good field goal percentage and good three throw percentage. So I looked for bigs that had good, um, who were good from the line as well. And I also tried to look at guys who, and I know a lot of people don't like doing this, but I was looking at guys who don't commit a lot of turnovers too. Try and keep those categories down. And the reason is, 
some of my teams, the ones I didn't do that in, they're getting flogged already today because I'm missing so many guys. So because of the coronavirus and people dropping out, uh, dropping out like flies and getting less games, potentially targeting the percentages was a strategy that that looks like it might have been clever. Yes, and I think uh, this would have been great advice prior to the draft. Um, I and it's funny because I I typically don't I don't punt categories, but as as you mentioned it, I th- I think you're absolutely right. I think in the time of Corona, when players are being, you know, randomly sat and, and there's a lot of protocol and testing and a lot of games are being missed, uh, having that advantage in the percentages will will help you out because of, you know, those won't be affected as much by the, by the sitting. So. Um, so it is good advice and it is good something to target moving forward if you can with trades. Yeah, actually, definitely. Looking for guys with that high field goal percentage and three throw percentage and ones who don't um, give the ball away, that's a really good combination. Uh, Larry Nance, speaking of good, he has been awesome. He had 13 points, five rebounds, three assists and two steals, which is why you get him. He fills up those categories. Uh, five for seven from the field at 71.4%. And he also hit three three-point shots. My goodness, he is a monster. He's been fantastic to start the year. Kevin Love's been out. He's been getting a ton of run. Uh, he's always flashed uh, as a permanent guy, but right now with the, with the, with the role that he's got, with the, with the position that he's got, he's at 34 on the season. He's got room to move up on his free throw percentage, so um, he's not a high-volume guy, but at least it won't, it won't hurt you as much. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think this is for real as long as Kevin Love is out. That is the question, isn't it? Like at some point, maybe you've got to kind of guess where to do it. Is he a sell high? If you can get a solid top 50 guy, absolutely. Yeah, you really think that he slips outside the top 50 when Kevin Love comes back? Yeah, I think he would. But uh, but I'm also not so bullish on Kevin Love coming back, playing, staying healthy, right? So. Uh, I would I'd be willing to sell him for 50 or top 50, top 60 guy, but I wouldn't go too low because um, I think there's there's a there's a, he'll probably maintain this rate for the rest of the season as long as Love is out and Love is, has just never been a durable guy. So um, I'm not selling I'm not selling too low. I, you know I mean I'll sell high, but I wouldn't I wouldn't give him away. And maybe the hope is as well for Nance owners when Love comes back. Those 15 minutes that JaVale McGee is uh, using at the moment are using in the uh, loose sense of the word. Maybe those 15 minutes just drop away completely and Nance doesn't lose as many minutes from Kevin Love. So maybe his his minutes get spread around and taken away from everybody. Maybe Chetty Osman loses a few minutes as well. I'm not sure. I, it's hard to trade away somebody who's just doing so well, uh, especially for somebody as injury-prone as Kevin Love. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd write it out. I, I would, again, top a solid top sixty guy. I would, I would move him forward, but otherwise, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be looking to to move him. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that is solid is the uh, hoop ball bruise letter, which is Aaron Brewski coming straight to your inbox. It's back and fresh for the twenty twenty one season. Our founder, Aaron Brewski, he writes this email newsletter. It's full of. Really fantastic, intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you can't find anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not on any podcast. It's not on social media. It's only in the email newsletter. You can sign up and get it for free. Go to bit.ly slash bruiseletter2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. That is bit.ly slash bruiseletter2021. Aaron Bruski, straight to your inbox. You've got to enjoy that. 
Uh, the next game, speaking of enjoying, was the Milwaukee Bucks up against the Orlando Magic. And it was the Bucks handing out a flogging to Orlando. It's a bit disappointing with Orlando, hasn't it? They've just been devastated by that Fultz injury and Fournier is out at the moment as well. They've really kind of dropped away after starting six and two. Yep, and they you know go back to the bubble where they lost Jonathan Isaac. Uh, it was a good young team, and they just suffered two big injuries to two young, you know, guys who are developing very nicely. So it's, it's an unfortunate situation for them as an organization. Now, if we pick positive things out of the Orlando Magic side of it, maybe Aaron Gordon is a place to start. Now he was somebody we talked about. I think it might have been been on the first show as being somebody that had potentially negligible value. But with these injuries, he now looks like a breakout is probably the wrong word, although we did talk about how he was still young. He had 21 points, five rebounds, eight assists, one steal, two blocks, three three three-pointers, and he was eight for 14 from the field. They're playing more offense through him as well, which explains those eight assists. You know, I I think with him it's usually a mirage because he'll he'll occasionally – give these nice offensive nights, but at the end of the day, he'll go back, his, his field goal, his free throw will, will go down. He's not somebody that consistently gives the defensive stats, so you see a steal in two blocks tonight, it looks nice, but I don't think he keeps it up, and I think he's someone that you can sell high. So usually when people say sell high, it's like, well, somebody has to be willing to trade with you, but Aaron Gordon is a player that if he strings together a few of these 20-point games, you know, you could probably package them with someone else and get a top 50, top 40 asset. So um, he's actually a guy you could sell high. And if he has one or two more 20-point games in a row, I'd get pretty aggressive with it. Now, if you look at the last week and you punt three throw percentage, he is a top 50 player. But he's another one who's just absolutely like ruining you on the free throws. Uh, he has been attempting five and a half a game and only hitting half of them. Um, over his last four games or so. But yeah, so sell high candidate Aaron Gordon. Now, Cole Anthony, the rookie, his uh, performance today was, oh God, I'm just losing this here. Where are we? 13 points on some pretty unattractive shooting percentages again. Is he a hold? You know, he was actually a sell high before he played his first game. And, and that's what I did. I picked him up. I had the number one spot on the wire. I picked him up, and I was able to flip him before he even got on the court. Uh, he's worth holding if you can if you can sustain the hit to your field goal percentage. Um, otherwise, no. It's pretty bad, isn't it? Four for 13, and this is just game after game after game now, and only one assist today. I mean, part of that was that the Magic shot a putrid 40 2.9% from the field. Uh, they were not good from deep either. So, yeah, he, he only managed 23 minutes as well. I think there are better rookies out there like Tyrese Halliburton, for example, even Pat Williams at Chicago potentially because he's not going to destroy your field goal percentage. Yeah, I think Anthony's field goal percentage is bad. He's not giving good assist numbers like you'd expect. Um, I, I don't mind holding him for another week or two just to see if – he can consistently get 30 minutes, which he probably will. You know, maybe he, he gets his assist numbers a little bit higher and, and he could be useful, but he's not a must-hold and um, he's likely to be a major drain on your field goal percentage and, and he's been getting a lot of turnovers too. So uh, not a must-hold by any means. And if 
especially if you're not punting field goal percentage, you, you could probably drop him in the next week or so. Now, for the Bucks, and this is what happens quite often, a lot of these uh, box scores are kind of reduced by the fact that this was a big blowout. Giannis only played 27 minutes. He had 22 points, six rebounds, four assists, one steal, two blocks. He hit two three-pointers, and he was eight for 16 from the field. That's what we expect from a top 10 fantasy player, isn't it? Yep. And again, just it shows you all the good. It also kind of gives you the bad there with the four for seven from the free throw line. But you see what he can do? He can really stuff it in every category. So um, you enjoy all the numbers. You don't like the free throw percentage, but the rest of it shows you why. If you punt free throw percentage, he was the number one player last season. Yeah, I mean, it's so bad, by the way. You you really can't overcome it with other players. Like, to try and find the volume to get that free throw percentage back up from other guys, you've really got to have, like, Brogdon and Damian Lillard. And, I mean, you're not going to get Damian Lillard because he's another first-round guy. Like, how do you do it? You can't really repair that free throw percentage, can you? No. And it, it really is a drag on its value if you're not punting the category. Uh, somebody who is not really a drag on any categories because he doesn't really have any weaknesses. That is Chris Middleton. He's got, he had 20 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, one steal. He didn't have any blocks. That's probably the category he doesn't really do much in. He had two three-pointers, and he was nine for 17 from the field. Now, where is he on a per-game basis? He's number 19, uh, and he's, he's there without really you know any glaring issues, right? He was number 30 last year. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Two seasons ago, he was down here at 63, and the year before that, he was 25. So he's he's right where we expect him to be. Uh, if you were in on the B150, if you were looking at the Brew 150, he had Middleton very high, much higher than than you know most other rankings did, and you see he's been a very durable guy the last two seasons as well. So um, if you got him, he's outperforming Giannis by a wide margin right now, and he's outperforming a lot of people that were drafted you know right before, right after him. So enjoy the ride and and don't expect it to go down much. And you know, this is something as well you can probably pen in for next season. Like, And if you've got like notes like I have, which have some columns such as don't be an absolute blooming idiot. And in those, I've got things like in the third round, draft Vooch. In the fourth round, draft Chris Middleton, Middleton you blooming idiot. Like there are things that you look at and just go, it's so obvious now. Why did I not just get these guys that are on good teams where their minutes are guaranteed and they've been getting great production for three or four years. Toby Harris is another one. These are what Dan calls the old man squad guys. I don't have enough of those on some of my on a good percentage of my teams, and it's definitely hurting. You know, I'll tell you this. In a, in a uh, keeper league a few years ago, somebody offered me Chris Middleton for Otto Porter. And I really like Porter, and I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do it. Middleton is a couple of years older. And their production was was pretty similar at the time. And since then, Porter has just become an injured mess, and Middleton has been been killing it. So I, that was a blooming idiot moment there. Now, a name that's a little bit like Porter is Bobby Portis. 
he's somebody who had 20 points, five rebounds, no assists or steals, but he hit two three-pointers. He looks like a hold if you were streaming him. I don't think you want to drop him. Shout out to my buddy James, who's holding Bobby Portis in a few places and being rewarded. Uh, Brooke Lopez had six, only six points, but he did have three steals and a block, those defensive categories. And Dante DiVincenzo had nine points, four rebounds, three assists and two steals. Even on games where he only has a small number of shots, like tonight where he had just seven, he fills up the categories and is providing really good value for where he was drafted. The last one to talk about is Drew Holiday. He hit 11 points, he had three rebounds, three assists, but he's another one, the defensive stats. Two steals and one block. He was a horrible three for 10 from the field, but uh, showing well why he provides value even on games where he's quiet. Yeah, I think the the Bucks are, are a nice team and, and there's a lot of value from a lot of these guys. All right, uh, moving over to the next game on the evening. It was the Phoenix Suns up against the Washington Wizards and the Phoenix Suns were defeated. 128 points to 107 in a bit of a turn-up for the books. The undermanned Wizards without Russell Westbrook and, of course, without Tommy Bryant, tragically. But they were far too good for the Phoenix Suns. And one of the reasons for that was that, well, the Suns just could not contain them. Massive outbreak again from Beal. But let's look at the Suns first. McCall Bridges is one of the top guys in fantasy in terms of outperforming who was drafted. Relatively quiet game today. He had 14 points five rebounds, two assists. He was six for nine from the field. Bridges is the guy you drafted anywhere? Uh, Bridges is the guy I drafted everywhere. And uh, again, another one of the Brewski 150 uh, guys that is just killing it right now. Um, I Again, much higher on the Brewski 150 than any other rankings I saw. And, uh, you know, we're talking about tonight's game, but he went off in the last game. I think he had 34 points, six threes. Mm. He's just, he's a monster right now. And again, he's likely to keep it up. So you're going to get a good return on him. Yeah. Now he is uh, oddly, oh, that's the last week. Sorry. I'm looking at the last week where he's only 64th in the last week. But on the season, he is inside the top. Where are we? God, I'm getting 40. He's inside the top 40. Yeah. He's dropped off a little bit because of the last week. But given he was drafted like something like 70th or 80th or even later, uh, sometimes 100, he's been providing pretty amazing value. Uh, another guy who was who is amazing and was amazing today was Devin Booker. He hit had 33 points, uh, three rebounds, but no assists. That's where the big drop off with him is in it this season. Yep, yep. You like to see more. Um, obviously, Chris Paul is there, so it's not something that you can just assume is going to fix itself. Uh, and you may see you may see some drop in his value from last season. Uh, I'm not sure. What do you? I mean, I he was 29 last year. The thing is, the problem is, he in many cases he was being drafted top 20. So it doesn't look like he's going to reach last season's ranking and probably going to be somewhat lower. So. I think it's going to be hard for you to get good value on where you drafted him. Yeah, now he's one of those guys who at the moment, if you have him, you probably cannot sell him. And it's actually where do it, trying to do a buy low, but not aiming too high with the guy you've got. Like, for example, would you give up Christian Wood for Booker right now? No. Mm. Uh, what uh, about? I, I say that. I say that quickly. I would probably uh, consider it more strongly if it was actually offered. Mm. What about Middleton? No, definitely not. 
DeAndre Ayton, he had just had eight points, six rebounds, one assist, one block. He was four for 10 from the field. We talked about him last week. Um, Jay Crowder is a drop. He had a lot of donuts in there. If you've got him, he's definitely not a hold. Uh, Dario Saric had 13 points, six rebounds, one assist, and he's not really a pickup either. Let's talk about the Washington Wizards. Uh, where do we start? Bradley Beal, 34 points, eight rebounds, nine assists, two steals, 12 for 22 from the field. He's not slowing down, is he? No, he's on fire. Westbrook was out tonight. He's at number five on the season. He was number 11 last year, 14 two years ago. Probably finishes in the top 10, especially if you're thinking about it on a cumulative basis. Uh, what about Mo Wagner? He had nine points, five rebounds, six assists. Raul Neto had 16 points, two rebounds, two assists. Robin Lopez had 11 points, 11 rebounds for a double-double. He had two assists, five for six from the field. Of those guys, are you streaming anybody in or holding on to any of those? Uh, very open to Wagner. Uh, I think he's he's a guy that, that we've seen him you know, shoot threes, get blocks, do all that. Uh, I'm streaming him. I'd like to see what happens with Brian out. Um, I think there's some minutes there for him, and he may make sense on a 12-team. Uh, what about um, Davis Bertans? He had 18 points, two rebounds, two assists, two steals. If he was floating around on your wire, would you grab him? Absolutely. I, I drafted him. Um, I've, I've held on to him so far. I will tell you, last year I drafted him as well. He got off to a nice start, maybe the first few weeks, and then he really cooled off. And so I dropped him. After I dropped him, he had a few big games. He got snatched up pretty quick. And then he was a top 60 guy or so for like the last half of the season. Um, he was working his way into shape this year in the beginning. He's still coming off the bench. His field goal percentage is down. His points are down. Uh, but I think if, if he was dropped in your league, grab him immediately. And I think he's someone that's going to pay off big for them. I mean, especially with Brian out. You know, even even before that injury, I think he would have been a must own. But now, uh, you know, he's beyond must own. It would be crazy if he's on your wire. I'd say you're not in a competitive league. I'll tell you what else is crazy. Crazy is not getting into some of the offers from our friends at Manscaped. Uh, it's not too far away from Valentine's Day. You should be planning. It's only about a month away. Uh, you need to be ready for the big night. Now, friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you what you need to use, the best tools for the job, so you can be ready for absolutely anything on that special day. There's already 2 million people using Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you're one of them. Uh, the best way to get started is with Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0, full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. The Perfect Package 3.0 is led by their revolutionary third-generation lawnmower, the 3.0 trimmer, which has advanced skin-safe technology and features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Gee, we do not need any of those. Uh, the Perfect Package 3.0 will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer shorts that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing boxers, easily the comfiest boxers I've ever had. Complete your grooming game with a new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's all in Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. It's the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's 20% off with free uh, shipping with the code HOOPBALL20. 
20 at manscaped.com. The next game, gee, do we need to talk about this? The Philadelphia 76ers up against the Atlanta Hawks. On the 76ers side, I'm almost embarrassed to admit in a 24-team league this week, I was drafting, I am I am streaming, sorry, Dakota Mathias, who led the team in minutes, 39 minutes today, 14 points, uh, four assists. He had two big blocks for me. Um, God, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird, but it's a nice uh, savvy move, you know. Uh, uh, I think it's a nice pickup in a 24-team league. Yeah, I streamed, uh, I streamed Tony Bradley as well, the two of them together, and I actually apologized to the guy I'm playing because he got two blocks for me and eight rebounds today. So between the two of them, I got four blocks and uh, and a crap ton of rebounds and other stuff too. But, uh, gee, it's weird, isn't it? Is there any – go on. I was going to say Tyrese Maxey probably get away from the weirdness and talk about things. He's a week-long streamer. He had 15 points uh, six rebounds, four assists. He also had two blocks as well. It was a block party out there. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's it's a nice time for these guys with all the with all, not nice, but all all the you know Sixers regulars are, are on the COVID uh, you know protocols right now. So some of these uh, guys who are lower on the on the pecking order are getting a chance to play a little bit, and they're going to flash some. But obviously, the Sixers of the team got walloped, and. Uh, they're going to hope that they get their guys back as soon as possible. But not not really much to take away from a fantasy perspective. Except being still productive. but Yeah, he was productive, gonna... but only in 22 minutes. And that's the problem, isn't it? Well, all these games this week, they're probably going to get flogged and Embiid's yeah. only going to play a smaller number of minutes. But he still was great. You know, 24 points, 11 rebounds, one assist. He had one block as well. Uh, he hit one three-pointer. Mike Scott is not really an NBA basketball player, and he didn't have a fantastic game. Uh, Danny Green, gee, what has happened to his shooting? He was zero for nine. He was also yeah. terrible in their previous game as well. Yeah, he's, he's not worth uh, streaming right now. Atlanta Hawks, a little bit of good news, which was Trey Young had a better game because he has been appalling for about the past week or so. Ever since I was celebrating him as the best thing since sliced bread because he was hitting 14 foul shots out of 15 over the first um, about 10 days of the season was just incredible. And he was providing first-round value. He then went and had like about a 10-day stretch of being like outside the top 200. Uh, But he managed 26 points. Uh, eight assists, three rebounds, one steal, hit three three-pointers, and he was back to five for six from the foul line. Trey Young, just 25 minutes, he filled it up today. Yep, and and the, the blowout was the reason for the low minutes. Obviously, we've been hearing some stories out of Atlanta, some you know friction between him and John Collins, so you don't want to hear that if you own Trey Young or John Collins. But, uh, you know, top 20 guy last year, he'll probably be a top 20 guy this year. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna shoot back up. That's just a little bit of bad play, and and that that's gonna be a distant memory in a month from now. Now, Clint Capella is someone we talked about, uh, and I've drafted him in a couple of spots. He had a double double. He had twelve points, eleven rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. Only four for twelve from the field, though, which is a bit weird. Yeah, you don't expect him to have bad field goal percentage. Uh, that's actually usually one of his biggest strengths. So you could chalk it up to a bad night. Uh, you could expect his percentage to go up soon. And you could expect his value to go up some as well. 
yeah, no, I'm pretty happy with the with the value he's been returning so far. If he hits probably like three more of those shots, that's like an 18-11, one, one and one game, one more block, and that's about what you want from him. Cam Reddish is somebody who should be benefiting from Bogdan Bogdanovich or Bog Bog, as we call him down under. A uh, bit of a quiet game today, but he had 10 points, uh, five rebounds, one assist. DeAndre Hunter has been uh, much better than his drafting rate this season where he was drafted. He had 15 points, seven rebounds, one assist, and one steal. Kevin Herter, another one to benefit from more minutes. He had eight points, five rebounds, one assist, and one steal. I think we talked about this before, and my take on this was these guys are going to have kind of like argument. There's an argument about the value that they have, isn't there? Because it's sort of like cycles around from guy to guy, from game to game. Exactly. It's, it's going to fluctuate up and down. Obviously, Hunter's been pretty good so far this year. You want to write it out, see what happens. And the injuries to Bog Bog will open up more time for these guys. So, um, you know, the, worth owning uh, to see what happens. Certainly, Hunter is. Uh, Herter also should probably be snagged up in 12-team leagues. And uh, let's see what they can do. Uh, the next game on the slate was the Trailblazers, who rallied um, to win against the Raptors, their third straight win. Uh, the Raptors are not having a great season. It was CJ McCollum who won the game for the, the Blazers at the end, and Pascal Siakam missed another game winner on the other end. Pascal did have a good game, though. He had 22 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, one steal. He was a guy drafted in that third round or at the very latest early fourth round. He might be turning it around. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's to be expected. He's a good player. He, he finished very strongly last season. And last year on the season, he was a top 40 guy. So I think the points are going to be there. The threes are going to be there. You'd like to see a little bit more in the defensive stats. He didn't do much last year in those categories. doesn't look like he has uh, improved too much there. But he's a pretty safe bet to end up in the top 50. And we'll see how high up he can push it. And Kyle Lowry had 18 points, nine rebounds, uh, and he had two assists. He was just three of 12 from deep, though. That They're, they're um, not very great numbers for from deep, but it's good to see Kyle Lowry back after he missed a game or two with injury. Uh, something that was very good, and especially for where he was drafted, was Chris Boucher's numbers today. He had 20 points, eight rebounds. One assist. He had also three blocks. He's a stat-stuffing guy. He might be one of the breakout guys of the season. 32 minutes today as well. Uh, he is t- he is number 27 on a per-game basis and only 22 minutes a game. So um, his numbers are fantastic. They look like you know there's a plenty of room for growth, and he was someone that most people snagged off the wire. So he may- he may be the pickup of the year. And a probably really good news for people who chose Boucher over Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines was a DNP coach's decision today. So if that continues to be the case uh, and Boucher sees 30-plus minutes, wow, you, you might be spot on. He might even be better value than McCall Bridges given where he was drafted. For the Portland Trailblazers, it was the aforementioned CJ McCollum who had another huge game. He is, uh, on a per-game basis, the number one player in fantasy right now he had 30 points i have to say that again cj mccollum is the number one player on a, on a per game basis in fantasy at 38 minutes 30 points six rebounds five assists one steal five for six from the free throw line where he's just fantastic five three pointers at 45 percent, and he was 10 for 19 from the field at 52 percent. he's almost he is a sell high though isn't he 
or, or not? Uh, I mean, uh, yes, he is. Uh, I don't know how, again, I don't know what you're going to get for him. Uh, I don't know how far down the rankings you can go. You know, it's funny because I've considered him, not in a bad way, but I've considered him like the Serge Ibaka of guards. And uh, not Serge necessarily when he went to Toronto and, and kind of got lost in the mix, but when Serge was a consistent top 40, top 50 big with good percentages, good blocks and all that, he was just a reliable big guy that was around 50. And I thought CJ McCollum was the equivalent. He's a reliable shooting guard. He's going to be around the top 50. And that, that was kind of his range for the last five seasons. And he was very consistent. He was very durable. And now this year he is, like you said, he's number one. So it does not seem sustainable. If you look at the numbers, his three-pointers are high. His you know points are high. Uh, his steals are, are double what they were last year. Um, so you probably expect that the, the steals will come down some. But the points, even though they may come down some, and the three-pointers are almost certainly going to come down, I don't know how far down it's going to go, and I, I, I don't know. He, he could he could end up as a top 25 player. He's not going to be number one. Mm. Yeah, because at the moment he's hitting five three-pointers a game, and you would think that has to drop off a little bit. He's also 48% from the field. At the volume he's shooting, that has to drop off a tick. So if you can get a second-round guy back for him um, – like you well we you can know. play the game would you take Christian Wood or would you take CJ McCollum oh that one is tough because Wood is a guy that was drafted not that far in front of CJ because he was drafted around like mid 40s and CJ was maybe around that mid 40 to mid 50 range so I think I would keep CJ okay how about how about Gordon Hayward CJ because of the injury Concern. Okay, how about how about Vucevic? Oh, Vuce for sure, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So this podcast is getting <laughs> some respect for Vuce finally. Yeah, you got um, me. You got me. Um, uh, finishing off the the Portland one. I'm rapidly running out of time here, so we better okay, okay. through this one and bash through the last game here. Um, Yusuf Nurkic, he had just two points and two rebounds, and he only played eight minutes because he got what we call in Australia corky which is a cork thigh. If you know Aussies, they love to end things with IE. Like a cigarette is a ciggy and a biscuit is a bicky and a barbecue is a barbie. Uh, and if you've got a mate called Smith, he is Smithy. And uh, Yusuf Nurkic got a cork thigh, which we call a corky. Uh, and uh, it was from a, one of the smaller players on the opposition. And I saw someone saying, he's only got hit by a little guy. But I tell you what, corkies, they really hurt. I don't think he will miss more than probably a week at the absolute most probably a few games, but he's been bad. He has been really bad, and he finally had a good game in limited minutes a couple games ago, but he is even, yeah, he's 172 so far this year, and I was going to miss some time. So I I have him, and I'm, I'm riding it out. I don't think you can sell low. And- no, because what the return that you get is just going to be just not even worth it. Uh, yeah. Let's let's move on because that's sad and I've got him in a few leagues and I don't want to think about it. But let's talk about something more exciting, which was the Indiana Pacers game against uh, the Kings. We should have left ourselves some more time for this because 
there's a lot of fantasy value on both of these teams and a lot of interesting things. For the Indiana Pacers, DeMontis Sabonis, 28 points, 11 rebounds, three assists. It was 12 for 21 from the field. I hate myself for drafting LaMarcus Aldridge instead of him in one league. You are an absolute idiot, Aaron Jolly. You idiot, you blooming idiot. God, what did I do? Let's not talk about him. I don't want to let you talk about him. Let's talk about Malcolm Brogdon. He's somebody I have none of. So I don't. I regret that, but not as bad as passing him up for somebody who is injured. Malcolm Brogdon had 24 points, uh, four rebounds, nine assists, and one steal. He was very good. Miles Turner just had six points, but he had three blocks and two steals. The value he is providing has been amazing. I'm only going to let you talk about one guy. That's Dougie McDermott. He had 21 points, four rebounds, one assist, one steal. Is Doug McDermott a pickup? We've seen him in the past. You know, he's not someone that's played well in the future. This year, he's where is he on the per game? I don't think so. I don't think so. It's he hasn't done it in the past. Let's not let's not uh, get too excited over. One good game here. Shout, shout out to my mate who messaged me at halftime. I'm playing him this week. Shout out to big Mike Griffin and messaged me. I think he had 15 points at halftime. And the message I got was, you've got nine more halves of Dougie McDermott tearing you to pieces this week. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Pacers have five games. So anyway, <laughs> on the Sacramento Kings side of things, Rashawn Holmes. Now, this was incredible. He had 16 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, one steal, and six blocks. Four of those blocks came in the fourth quarter after he had five fouls. He came, he checked back in with eight minutes to go uh, after sitting for the first three or four minutes of the quarter. He had four blocks, including a volleyball spike and an incredible block at the end where he blocked onto the backboard. He was amazing and looks like he's going to be a value pick. He's going to be a massive value. Uh, again, he has had his own durability concerns, so that's one thing to keep your eye out for. And it's one reason if you can sell high, you know, and I, I use the term loosely because I don't think it's high in terms of his value, but just the durability is the only thing with him. Um, last year, we saw the same thing in Sacramento. He They started giving him more minutes towards the end of the season. He finished at 42 overall, and he finished even higher at the you know, tail end of the season. So... Uh, none, of, none of the stats here uh, are screaming reg- regression. I mean, nothing, I don't see why any of them would go down appreciably. Um, and, you know, the Hassan Whiteside addition, it, it, there was some thought that they may cut into his minutes, but it's clearly not the case and, and looks like they're, they're moving forward with him as the, as the guy at the center position. So uh, if you drafted him, enjoy the ride. If you can score a top 40 guy who's durable – Go for it, but don't think that these numbers are going to go down. Mm. Yeah, uh, wow! I just so delighted about Rashawn Holmes. Uh, <laughs> that sort of makes up for my almost makes up for my mistake with not with passing up on Sabonis. Uh, that's all we've got time for today because uh, we just ran out of time uh, here. I have got to run off and grab my daughter from childcare before I get arrested by his, by for neglect of a child. It was wonderful having you, Hank, uh, and I am looking forward to seeing you again next Monday or speaking with you next Monday. Thanks very much, mate. Thank you. Take care. See you next week. Take care.
This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.